0: You know, I know that they're really, schooling from home has been a very big challenge for them. So I'm sure just prayers for that. Okay. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. I think we'll just continue to pray for our nation. Just because I think we need it. Go figure. Uh, anything else uh, oh, Lydia is sick yes John? okay, yes it it, it th- this is for for a lot of us this is a weird time you know those of us that still have fam- parents around i mean it's like wow uh, yeah okay i will yeah yeah Shaitan. Okay. And continue prayer for my uncle Marty. Okay, let's pray. Father, we do just come before you right now. You are a, a faithful promise keeper. God, you are a um, you are the way maker, miracle worker. You're a light in the darkness. God, that's just who you are. Lord, you are a Father who hears our prayers. And Father, you're you're working on behalf of your own name to bring glory to yourself. And Father, that's what we desire to do. And even as we have all of these different petitions, God, the supreme goal really would be that people would see Jesus. They would just see Jesus. They would see you. They'd be drawn to you. And they would uh, honor you, God, for who you are. Lord, lift up Jameson to you right now, and and I pray for not only he but Lord for Jen and Aaron, and even as they navigate this season, Lord of uh, of homeschooling, would you uh, encourage them, strengthen them, help them, God, to see a light at the end of the tunnel and not to feel like uh, they've just been closed in. I pray for Jameson, God, help him to. Uh, See how he might be a help, not only to his brother, but to his sisters, to his mom and dad. And God, I pray that uh, your spirit would just uh, flow strong, strong into that young man. And God, he would begin to see the right things to do and do them. And Father, he'd begin to uh, understand even a lot of the schooling that he's uh, dealing with right now. And it, it would begin to make sense. It would begin to flow easier for him. And that if he has the ability to help his brother and his sisters as they're uh, uh, learning also. Lord, I want to lift up our nation to you, the United States of America. Father, we feel like a divided states right now of America, and uh, there are just lots of confusion. God, you're the one that knows truth. And so we pray that your truth, God, would um, really be revealed. That your light would shine in really dark places, that uh, lies might be exposed, and that uh, Lord, right things would be done. Father, there's lots of evil at work in our nation. There's lots of good too, but we pray that uh, you would be glorified, God, in our country again. Father, um, we we just we pray for the whole process that's going on right now. It's just very confusing to a lot of us and I pray that we would keep our eyes on you because you have everything in your hands. God, you're in charge, not man, regardless of how we try to finagle or do things. You are in charge and so we, we trust that. So Father, we, we believe you and we'll continue to look to you. Lord, I want to lift up uh, Lydia, and I pray for healing today, even as, uh, uh, Lord, she's just resting. I pray that just you would touch her, God, just with your hand, with your spirit, in an incredibly powerful way. Lord, that would uh, cause you just to feel just really good about life and about what's going on in life. Lift up John and his family to you. Pray that, God, you'd be glorified in their home. And uh, in, in that house that people might sense the presence of Jesus in that home. Lord, we want to lift up Sarah's dad to you. And just like my dad, God, it just seemed like each time you go over, they seem older. Father, would you grant them grace? Give them hope. Give them a will, Father, to uh, carry on, to pursue life. Um, God, to draw close to you. Father, I pray great grace upon uh, Sarah's dad right now during the season. And the Lord you would sense your strength rising up inside of him. And Lord, lift up shatan's uh, friend's mom who is in the hospital with COVID right now. God, you know her name. You know where she's at. Father, you know the doctors that are treating her. I pray for healing God in her life and uh, that she would come out uh, realizing that it was God who touched me. Pray for your encouragement in her and also in uh, in uh, um, her Uncle Marty. I pray for him that, uh, God, you'd grant him grace and during the season that he's walking through in his family. Lord, we lift up your word. And, God, it's uh, there's so much truth. Lord, and we come to it far uh, too far. Frequently, God, we just we just don't that often come and look and see, say, what God, what are you saying? But Lord, we do this morning and say, speak to us, Father, speak to us by your Spirit, um, Lord, in ways that we need to be communicated. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Perhaps you remember the story of the elderly couple who um, were sitting there, and the husband, the wife, and the husband decide, you know, I'm hungry. And so he says to his wife, you know, I'm going to go get something to eat. Can I get anything for you? And she says, yeah. She goes, I think I'd like some uh, ice cream and some chocolate syrup and a glass of milk. She goes, that's what I want. So he starts to turn around. She goes, wait, wait, wait. You better write it down. He says, I'll remember. So he comes back about 15 minutes later and presents her with scrambled eggs and bacon and, and a cup of coffee. She looks disgustingly at him and said, you forgot the toast. <clears throat> you know, there's a, there's a, during this season in, I know in my life, and I don't know in some of your lives, like I say, you have elderly parents I have seen a deterioration in um, their memories and what they remember, what they don't remember. I mean, all of us go through it. All of us have, have at one time or another, you know, uh, had that lapse of memory where you walk up to somebody who you've known for years and you just go, what the stink is their name? And, and you just, and it's like you go, you know, and it's just, just like a lapse of memory. It just happens. You know, and, and I know right now my, my mother-in-law, you know, she is starting to not remember a conversation five minutes before. And it is really, I mean, it's, just, it, it's just watching her go downhill really, really quick. And I just, I don't know what's going to happen next. I know my wife just very frus- frustrated, but yet she just wants to help her mom. But she, but her mom now isn't remembering, show her pictures of people. She just goes, it's, um, um, just no name will come up. She, when we're at dinner with her, she'll, she'll start to say something and she goes, oh, you remember that thing or, or, or that, you know, that, 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 that person or that, that, whatever that was that we did yesterday. That's all she can do. And I think, wow, it's kind of like, you know, getting that, 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 that memory loss. And there's lots and lots of jokes about memory loss. And most of them are pretty right on. You know, that happened to us all. You know, and, and, uh, and we, we have to kind of deal with that. And um, we're going to look at a text today, which was a sad case of memory loss for the children of Israel. Sad case. Sad case. <clears throat> with your um, notes. And um, Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God. And he's been gone actually for about six weeks. Six weeks he's been gone. All right. And at first, I'm sure the people were just kind of a little impatient. They're, they're, They're trying to figure out, okay, I'm sure he's going to be back tomorrow. I'm sure he's going to be back the next day. But Moses doesn't come back. And so they begin to worry. Did Moses die? Did God kill him? Did he go back to Egypt? You know, was he ever going to come back? And then they began also to wonder about God. Because Moses had been the intermediary between the people and God. And so now all of a sudden the people are kind of going, well, if Moses left, did God leave? Did they leave together? Are they just gone now? You know, what are we going to do? We're out here in the wilderness. What are we going to do? And so... They begin to wonder, and so and rather than trust in the Father's love, they begin to panic. And it says that they came to Aaron, the people came to Aaron and said, Hey, you know, we don't know what the heck happened to Moses. We don't know where he is, what's going on. He says, so, so here's what we want you to do. We want you to make us gods, make us a god that we can follow, that will lead us. Because they were used to having a god in in Egypt, there, in fact there was tons and tons of them there, and so um, Aaron it says, take off, you know, anybody have jewels? Give give me your give me your gold, and he and he and he makes this golden calf. Probably makes a calf out of wood and then covers it with gold, and goes back to what he used to do in Egypt, which was, was to make these idols. And Herb presented the calf to the people and declared that this calf now was the Lord. This was the Lord. The people brought sacrifices. They worshipped this foolish idol. And you think, how could the people worship a God? Worship this idol instead of the God who had brought them out of Egypt. They hadn't been out of Egypt that long. It hadn't been that long. Not even a couple months. You know? And yet, yet, yet all of a sudden, now they're totally forgetting about God and thinking, this is their God. Already, it's almost like they forgot the ten plagues. They forgot, right? They they forgot walking through the Red Sea. They forgot defeating the Amalekites. They forgot, you know, God feeding them every single day that they were out in the desert, the water out of the rock. All of a sudden, now they forgot all this stuff. You think, how the heck could people forget so quickly? How can we? (laughs) Why do we? This morning I want to ask just that basic simple question. How do we keep from this happening to us? Because it happens to us all the time. We get spiritual amnesia. We forget, we go off and do dumb, dumb things. Because for some reason, we forget that when there is a God who loves us, who said he would take care of us, and we forget that, and we try to do it ourselves. Every one of us. Every one of, every one of us in here. So, we're going to look back and see, when are we most vulnerable to spiritual amnesia? What are the consequences of having spiritual amnesia? And then some practical steps to guarding us against spiritual amnesia. First, times when we're most vulnerable to spiritual amnesia. When we face a delay, when we face a delay. The people were getting impatient to reach the promised land. They were impatient to receive God's instructions on what they were supposed to do, how they were supposed to worship, when they were supposed to go, how they were supposed to take the land. They were, they were just getting impatient. Alright? Because they, 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 they were waiting. They, 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 they had waited for you know, 400 years for, uh, in slavery and all of a sudden God had brought them out then all of a sudden God was gone. For a little while. It seemed like. And all of a sudden they have tunnel vision. They have tunnel vision. All they saw was the present, right now. That's what happens with us sometimes, huh? All we see is right now. What do we got to do right now? We don't want to wait, especially in our society. Nobody wants to wait. <clears throat> you know? And so they were going right past the people who were waiting at the bus stops, you know? <clears throat> and, and, they, they they, were at the bus stops and they were sitting there but just buses were zooming past and and the people going what the heck and so the London Transit Authority they, they, they set out this memo to the people they said you know they said in this statement this is what it said it was impossible for them to maintain schedules if they had to stop and pick up passengers <laughs> <clears throat> when we face delays sometimes we make foolish choices too you know we pray and pray and pray for something to come about and we don't seem to have an answer God doesn't seem to give us an answer we think God are you there? are you listening? do you care? we want something but it doesn't come our way and we begin to, we begin to wonder does God care? is he even capable of actually making this happen? We face a, a temptation of some type and we don't seem to be getting any victory over it and we think, I'm just frustrated. Illness lingers and we begin to feel that God has abandoned us. You know, when we face a delay, we're often very vulnerable to spiritual amnesia. We're very vulnerable to do dumb things. Also, when we're under pressure... Another time that spiritual amnesia threatens is when we're facing the pressure of the crowd. Can you imagine Aaron? All the people, God, I mean, Moses left Aaron in charge of the the whole nation of Israel, which which was, what, somewhere between two and six million people. All right? And now all of a sudden these people come up, and this big crowd of people come up to Aaron because he's in charge and say, where's Moses? We don't know where he is. We haven't seen him in six weeks. He's probably dead. Do something. Do something. Make us a God. So Aaron does. Tells him to take off their jewelry. Makes his thing. The the, the funny thing is that one, when he's confronted by Moses later on, you know, it's almost comical that his, his, his excuse that he gives you know, because Moses said, Moses said in verse 21, it says Moses said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such a great sin? He says, don't be angry, my Lord, Aaron said. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. And as for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know where he's, what has happened to him. So I told him, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. And they gave me the gold. I threw it in the fire and out came this calf. I don't know how it happened. I don't know, it just it just, cast, it just came out. I just threw it in there, just what happened. Not my fault. Not my fault. When you're under pressure, you do oftentimes wrong things. A teenager gets pressure from a crowd and engages in behavior that they would normally not do at all. An employee gets pressure from a boss. And all of a sudden, do, they do something illegal because the boss says, do it or you're fired. An adult gets pressure from society to go out and accumulate things that they can't pay for. A child feels pressure from his parents to have a right answer, and so they learn to lie. Lie. when we face pressure we act like Aaron and oftentimes we choose the path of least resistance and we give in to the pressure also when we play with sin when we play with sin in the winter of 1991 1991 in an issue of University uh, Pacific Review It offered a chilling description of what happened at Chernobyl in 1986. There were two electrical engineers in the control room that night, and the best thing that could be said for what they were doing is that they were playing around with a nuclear reactor. They were performing what the Soviets later described as an unauthorized experiment. They were trying to see how long the turbine would free wheel when they took the power off of it. Now taking the power off that kind of nuclear reactor is difficult. It's a dangerous thing to do and because these reactors are very unstable at a lower um, uh, speed. And so in order to get the reactor down to the kind of power where they could perform the test that they were interested in performing, they had to override manually six separate computer-driven alarm systems. One by one, the computer would come up and say, Stop! Dangerous! Don't go any further! And instead of listening to the warning, they'd turn it off. And the next one to come up, they'd turn it off. And the next one to come up, they turn it off. And we know the result. It's The worst disaster in the industrial world, you know, that that has ever, ever happened before. When we play with sin, we do the same thing. When we play with sin, we basically are, are turning off. God is shouting, stop, don't go any further. Don't do that. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't. And we keep saying, no, no, no I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. Nope, doesn't matter, I'm gonna do it anyway. And pretty soon we do not hear God speaking. And the results are like the results that those engineers faced. <clears throat> also, so when we play with sin, we're susceptible to spiritual amnesia. When things are going well, when things are going well, we don't think about the danger of good times. Oftentimes people think, you know, hey, everything's beginning, everything's going well, everything's going right. Things are finally getting in order in my life, you know, and we don't see that as a danger. And yet with some people, all of a sudden things start to go well for them. They begin to say, hey, I did pretty good, didn't I? Yeah, that was a good job. And I begin to trust in myself and my strength, my good works, what I have done, my my laurels, what people are saying, I must be. And yet sometimes those are the (coughs) ways that the devil gets in and basically knocks us off our feet. And I've seen it happen to so, so many men of God and women of God. Because all of a sudden they began to trust in themselves instead of the Lord. Also, when we suffer from spiritual weakness. When we suffer from spiritual weakness, we can develop spiritual amnesia. It's common knowledge that one, a muscle that was once worked out and was just rock hard. You know, because it was worked out all the time when it's left... To do nothing, it will become fat and flabby. Right? So it's happened to me. See, no. <clears throat> but but it, that, that's what will happen. Right? We all know that. We all know that that's what happens. While Moses was on the mountain, the people kind of drifted away from what they had communicated to God when they saw the lightning and the thunder come down. And what they communicated to God said, "Lord, we will follow your commands. We will obey your commands. Totally be obedient. That's what they said. Well, they began to drift away, they forgot about that little thing because they hadn't seen Moses, and they really hadn't been worshiping God very much. You know, and for us as Christians, we can reach a point in our in our spirituality, and in our Christianity, where all of a sudden we feel like, eh, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to read today. You know, I don't need to read the Bible today. I mean, I could, I could go a couple days, weeks, month or two without reading the Word. It's okay. Not a problem. I'm okay with God. I'm okay with God. I know what to say. I know the Scripture verses. You know? And all of a sudden we begin to drift away ourselves. We begin to drift ourselves. You know, we don't worry about our weak prayer life. You know, we value worship, but we we don't feel like, ah, I really don't need to go to church. Not a big deal. Don't need to gather with people. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. And we don't see what is happening to us that spiritual amnesia is beginning to overtake us and we're drifting further away from God, not closer to Him. So what are the consequences of spiritual amnesia? Well, it's important that we realize that spiritual amnesia is not a little thing. The price is very, very steep. And we learn from the Israelites. First of all, there's a separation from God. There's a separation from God. Look at verse 7. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because whose people? Your. your people, not mine. Your people, your people, whom you brought out of Egypt. You're the one that let them. It's your fault. These people are yours, right? They have become corrupt. And you compare that with what God had said earlier in, in uh, chapter. Uh, uh, 19 where he says you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and now I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself now all of a sudden God just saying you screwed up you broke it, you separated, you, you, you've totally gone away, you've done things that one are horrible, you've placed another God before me The first result of basically spiritual amnesia is that, one, there's a separation from God. We lose His. God, when, when, when we sin and we enter into sin, we ble- basically what we do, we, we come out from under the umbrella of His blessing. We really do. God wants to shower blessing on us. And what we do when we sin, we say, I want to go my own way, God. And we come out from the blessing of his basically umbrella that's there. We lose his love, we 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 lose, we turn away from the our, our life, our joy, our strength. You know, we become like a a a, a a a baseball player who goes out in the field and forgets his mitt. Or or, or, or somebody who's Uh, serving in the armed forces on the front line and forgets all their gear. We're out there kind of naked by ourselves and we think we're good, we're okay. You know, we're like the emperor that has no clothes. And we're basically in, in the sight of God for being the recipients of his wrath. And that's not a good place to be. There's also painful discipline. Not only is there a separation from God, but there's painful discipline. You know, we see that when Moses approached the camp and he saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking them in pieces at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf and that they had made and burned it with fire and Then he grounded in the powder and scattered it onto the water and made the Israelites drink of it. Moses came down he saw the people running amok. There were some, I read some horrid, and I mean, mean, these guys are just commentators, but when they would describe what was going on, and it says that that the people went out to play, it actually means that they were fornicating everywhere in broad daylight. Out in the desert, just everywhere. And when Moses came down, he just saw people fornicating everywhere. And he just, I mean, more than mad. And so he said, he stood at the entrance of the camp. He said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Israelites rallied to him. And he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. Each man strap a sword onto his side, go back and forth through the camp. From one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. And the Levites did as Moses commanded. And that day about three thousand people died. Basically they went through and anybody who would not repent, they just they killed them. It's horrible. It was horrible. When Moses was on the mountain still and God said go down the people have totally become your people have totally become corrupt Moses had to plead with God because God said just let me destroy them just let me wipe them out I'll make a new a nation out, out from you and, and don't worry about them they're just gone and Moses had to plead to the Lord saying don't do it otherwise the Egyptians say you just took them out here to, just to kill them don't do it God so God relent, re- repented, it says, that's the only word that one we can come up with. He changed his mind and Moses went down and basically took care of the people. But also we read in, in, uh, that in verse 35, we're told that God sent a plague on the people because of what happened. We don't know what this plague was. We don't know what it was. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 we read these words. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and go up into and indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day 23,000 of them died. I don't know if Paul is referring to this this time that happened in Exodus 32? I don't know. But if it is, then one, 23,000 other people died. And there's probably a lot of people that wish they would have died. Because of what they did. When we forget God, the Lord reminds us that one, He is there. When we turn away, He's the hound of heaven and He will come after us. Sometimes it's painful though. Sometimes it's painful. So, these are suggestions for helping us to remember. You know, what should we learn? Okay, what's this have to do with me? So what? Well, the first thing we need to do is one we need to be on guard. We need to be on guard. Every one of us have a tendency to drift away. Every one of us have a tendency. So we need to be on guard and realize, you know what? I could just as easily just bail from God this week as any other time. I need to be on guard. And I need to be alert, especially when I feel frustrated by delays that aren't going my way. I feel I'm under pressure. I'm hiding just, uh, you know, uh, 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 and justifying sin. You know, when I'm riding the crest of success. Or when I become just lazy in my faith. We need to be aware that one, we every one of us, because we're just people. And we're not Jesus. We have a propensity to want to do it our way. And so we need to be on guard. And say, okay, I'm starting to get off track. I need to get back. Second, come often to God's word. God's word is truth. You know, and... If we never read it, we never see God's truth. If you're filling your brain with all the stuff that's going on in this world, that's going to be impacting you and God's truth is not. We need his word. God tells us all kinds of things. He talks to us about how he answers prayer. He talks about the judgment that's going to come upon this world. Forgiveness, eternal salvation. He talks about us about all kinds of issues that one Christians oftentimes are very weak in. We need to remind ourselves of God's truth. And the only way to do that is to get in the Word. Get in the Word. Worship regularly. That's the third thing. I know that kind of sounds self-serving. Come to church. Amen. But the thing is we need to do it because when you need to be around other people realizing that one, we are all in this together we're all fighting the same battle. Every one of us are dealing with the same stuff all the time When we need to see these are the people that are fighting with me. They're also, they're battling it and they're doing good things. They're trying to make it through. Trusting God. Believing and, and just be around other people who trust God just like you do. So we need to worship regularly. Also, you need to find somebody who will tell you the truth. We need people in our lives who know you personally, who are able to say, Hey Jim, uh, I don't get it. Why are you doing that? Or Jim, uh, you were here the the other day. What's up with that? People who, one, are the same gender that you are. People who will tell you the truth. People who um, uh, can keep a confidence. People who are devoted to Christ. People who are available. People who are able to look at your life objectively and say, Can I talk to you about something in your life? Chuck Swindoll writes in in, in one of his books, he says, you know, whenever I've encountered somebody who has taken a fall or done a nosedive or or walked away from God and they they had this incredible ministry, I always ask this one question. Did they have somebody in their lives that was able to speak truth to them? He says, Every time, without exception, he says, the answer is always no. No. Because we, we want to stay secluded. We don't want people to know at times what's going on. And yet, that, that's when we become the most vulnerable. You need people like that in your lives. Having somebody like that will help keep you focused. Focused. And finally, finally, pursue growth. Pursue growth. You know, we, we, we need to develop a hunger for God. God's the one that brings us, so we need to pray. Say, God, give me a hunger for you. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a hunger for just times with you. Because he's the only one that can do it. We can't do it on ourselves. In and of ourselves, we'll drift away. That's when to say, God, please, give me a hunger for your truth in my life. That one, my life will make sense, it'll mean something, it will, it will make a change in those that I'm around. You know that other people, wherever you are at, hopefully this week, everywhere you are at, you impacted, you infected people. Because Jesus is living in you. And you left this world a little bit better. Because one, either you encouraged somebody, you loved on somebody who wasn't loved on, you, 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 you were just kind, and you smiled behind your mask or whatever with your eyes. <sighs> they make me crazy. Anyway, but we need to remember, here's the deal, there, there's going to come a time in all of our lives, all of our lives, where we're going to begin to lose it up here, all right? Rock, it's happened to you already but it's okay you know but but for a lot of us but for the rest of us I mean it is going to happen and we will forget people's names will we forget some of God's promises? But the reality is that one God will never forget us and we just need to keep coming back to him because we're his, he loves us and he wants us to grow. He wants us, not to be people with spiritual amnesia, but people who, one, are encouraging others just to walk with God. Let's pray. Father, your word says even when we forget you, you won't forget us because you can't deny yourself. That's just who you are. You know us. You know our ways. You know who we are. You know our struggles. You know everything about us. And Father, our prayers this morning, please, by your grace, help us not to have spiritual amnesia. Lord, when we're starting to forget, I pray that your spirit would remind us powerfully. We need you, God, more than we need life, because you are life itself. So guide us and lead us in the way that we should go, we pray in Jesus' name.